more moments. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. If you know it, you could probably say it with me. Let's say it all together. Are you ready? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. One more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The Bible also says to guard your heart. Guard this thing. It's very important because out of it are these things we have we call issues. And today, we are going to deal with it. Before you're seated, shake the person's hands next to you. Tell them, deal or no deal. Go ahead, Victor. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So here today... Come on, turn that up a little bit, brother. Turn that up right there. Now. Today. Come on, this is victory outreach. Turn that bad boy up. So today, we're going to deal with it. Don't look at me like you're not. Inside, you really are. Some of you are James Browning right now. You know you are, don't you? All right, all right. There you, there you, there you, there you with that. Hold on. I'm gonna take this. Can I take this jacket off? I know it's hot outside. I'm just gonna take it off. I'll just leave it right there. It's all good. Okay. I feel a whole lot better. All right. It's good. Because when you deal with money, you gotta take things off. Take it off. Take it off. So today we're gonna deal with money. Now I know whenever it comes to money, people tend to get funny. Funny. People get weird. People get funny. People get, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It just happens like that. Now, the thing about it is that when it comes to money, this is something that many times we don't really include the main person. In other words, here's a perfect example. You ever go to a restaurant and it's like the bomb lasagna or bomb pizza, whatever it is. I mean, what are some of the first words that you say when you, you, you eat this thing? You eat it and go, oh my when you go to a movie, right, and you get scared or something happens, somebody jumps, ah, oh my, oh my God, oh my God. Just things happen like that. When you get surprised, oh my God. When somebody gives you something that's just like, oh my God, thank you. You gave me something. We include God in everything, but probably not the main thing. Yet on the main thing, especially in America, it's written on there that God should be trusted with it. 
But for some reason, we'll include God in pizza. We'll include God at the movies. We'll include God when we get scared. We'll include God when we need an emergency. But when it comes to money, we don't include God in nothing. Now, I can do this on my own. I'm okay. I'm, I'll be normal. I'll live normal. I'm okay with normal. But I want you to know something. If you want what normal people have, and what, then, what no, then you've got to do what normal people do. It's just a normal thing. See, that is, if you want to live normal, which is a stressed out life, a life filled with void, a life, you know, just going through it, that's, that's normal. That's what everybody goes through. It's a normal thing. But if you want to have a life that is filled with peace, filled with meaning, filled with purpose, filled with a, 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 an understanding of what God wants for your life, then you have to get off the normal road and get on the narrow road. See, too many people are doing the normal things, and that's why, oh, it's just normal. It's normal to be in debt. It's normal to live stressed out. It's normal. And I want you to know something. You don't have to be normal like that. You don't have to think and go about it in a normal way. If you would just include the one who needs to be included in this case. And today we're going to deal with that. Tell the person next to you, say, deal with it. Now, it's very important that we understand this because a lot of times when it comes to money, a lot of people have certain understandings and certain, you know, uh, you know, philosophies and thinkings and myths. But within the church, we need to understand something that is very important that we know who we are in Christ and the purpose of why Christ has given us this thing we call money or finances and the things that it does. So this is what I want to do. Just really quick, I, I need two uh, volunteers. I need two volunteers, of, you know, two guys, two girls. It doesn't matter. I just need some volunteers. Are you standing up? Come on up here, my man. All right, he's standing up. I need another volunteer right now. Just give me one more volunteer. Okay, we got a second one right here. All right, come on. Give them a hand as they make their way right now. Come on. Come on up here. Come up on stage. Come up on stage. Come on up here. Come on up here. All right. There we go. All right, thank you. Where's your name, young man? Johnny. Johnny. All right, Johnny. Look, already looking very nice and fly. What is your name? Debbie. Debbie. All right, you shake my hand. All right, thank you. All right, here we go. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to give you an analogy real quick. Why don't you come over on this side away from the briefcase here. There's no money in there, by the way, just letting you know. It's just fake. But what I'm going to do right now is I do have some money here. Matter of fact, I got a lot of it right here. And I'm going to give you this money. Oh, you're already stretching out your hand. You're like, blessings, hallelujah. It's your birthday. That's so awesome. You're still not getting this. Amen. All right. So I have all this money right here. Let's see. How much do we have here? Let's see. Let me count. One, two, three, four. Okay, that's four. This is real, by the way. I know you guys are thinking it's probably fake. That's 100. Okay, one, two, 40. It's 200. One, two, three, four, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred, and forty dollars. Now, I just gave him six hundred forty dollars. That's pretty good, right? How, how many would love six hundred forty dollars right now? If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. 
liar. I should be, okay, I should put lying in here. Forget money. Let's deal with lying. All right. Okay, so what I want to do here is what we're looking at. I just gave him, you have $640. And for $640, let's just say this, this man right here, he is going to represent all of us. He represents each and every one of us, okay? He re- now, the honest to God truth is that most people do not walk around with $640. You don't walk around with $1,000. Nobody walks around with that. So maybe some of you might for whatever reason, but it's very like 0.01% why you would walk around with that. So really, what do you do with finances of that amount most of the time? You put it, right? You put it away, you put it in the bank. So she is going to represent our banking, right? She is our banker today. Let me see, she even looks sharp. She looks like a, okay, not yet, sister, not yet. All right. We're going to call her the bank of eagerness. All right. So my man right here, he has $640. Now, he's not going to walk around with it. He's got to put it somewhere. So what does he do? He gets it and he says, okay, I need to put this away for a rainy day, and when I need it, I'll get it. So he gets, he has $640, and then he gives it to the banker. Go ahead. That looks like a disappointed look right there. So the banker has $640. Now let's say, just for this sake, all of a sudden, this man, he's like, you know what, okay, I want my $640, I need to get it, I want to go buy, uh, you know, a couple of iPads or a computer, I need to buy a computer, I have to buy this computer, I just, I've been waiting for it, I've, I put my money away, I've got more than $640 in there, I mean, I've got a couple thousand in there, it's ready, it's good to go, I got this money. So this man, who rep- remember, he represents all of us, he comes, represents us, and he goes to the bank, and he says, okay, bank, I need $640. Now let's say all of a sudden the bank says, well, you know what? I just want you to know, um, you know, the, the money that you gave me, uh, I really appreciate it. I really like, I mean, I'm thankful that you invested into here, but I needed that $640 and I had to go, I needed it to go on vacation. I had to go on vacation. It was just something I needed. I needed to pay for this brand new, I needed a down payment on this car. So I really thank, thank you so much for your money. Thank you so much. But the bank, I I just, I really needed it. I had to have it. Now, how many of you would be happy if you heard that from your bank? Nobody, right? I mean, I don't think anybody would be very happy at that. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure, and I, if I know Victory Outreach the way I know Victory Outreach, I'm probably pretty sure some of you would be calling Greg, saying, Greg, I need the guy who just came in the home yesterday. We're going back to the bank right now. <laughs> Give me that guy, because it is on like Donkey Kong. I'm getting that money back, right? Let's be honest. Most of us would be like, oh, no way. If any bank took your money like that, wouldn't you be a little upset? I would be very upset. I'll be very honest. I, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, wait a second, I just gave you my money, and you took it, and you did what with it? <laughs> now, let's kind of flip this around for a, a brief second, and let's say, now, she represents us. She is us. 
no longer the banker, she is us. She now represents us, and he represents God. So what happens is, see, and this is where a lot of people, they tend to get it wrong a lot of times, is because God gives us finances, gives us resources, gives us money, and we go, thanks, God, I really needed to go on vacation. I mean, I know I was supposed to give you back something, but hey, you gave it to me. It's all mine now. It's all mine. And see, a lot of times what we, what we don't realize a lot of times is that when we get finances, we think that, okay, it's all mine. I could just go and splurge. And so we never really manage the money given to us because when we see it, we just figured, hey, it's been given to me. And so what we need to really understand is that the Bible says that all of the earth is his. And everything, everything is his. So even if you think it's mine, you need to know one thing. It's not yours. It's mine. No, it's not. It's mine. No, it's not. You start sounding like a two-year-old sometimes. I know I've done it. I've sounded like a two-year-old many times. Oh, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. And then all reality, I kind of get slapped upside the head. I have to slap myself and go, wait a second. It's not mine. What am I doing? Why am I treating it like it's mine? Because it's not. It's God's. God gave this to me for me to be honorable with it, for me to be a good steward of it. I have to, matter, matter of fact, that word steward, that word steward is actually, it, it, what's funny is that I went to the, uh, the, the banker the other day, and I was talking with her, we were going back and, forth, back and forth, and I used that word steward, and it's funny, because they were like, stewardship is not a banking term. It has nothing to do, stewardship only has to do with, like, Bible, did you know that? Only people, Christians know how to use the word, being a good steward. Like, do you ever hear bankers say, being a good steward? They don't do that. Because banking, they actually have a word for it, but they're actually called asset managers. That's what bankers, stewards or asset managers. So whenever you go to the bank, you know that that's the term. Because it's the same thing, though, because the purpose is you're supposed to manage your money correctly. Matter of fact, an asset manager doesn't even manage their money. They manage your money. See, you and I, we are asset managers, and we are to manage what he gave us correctly. Because if we don't, and if we don't deal with this thing, I'm telling you one thing. This thing will deal with you. It'll mess with you. It will totally take you in directions that you need not go. The Bible says, for the love of money is the root. Now look it. Whenever you deal with the root, that means that outside of the root, it goes different directions. It always goes different ways. Different. So it doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's going to give you one thing and you see it right away. Ooh, that's evil. Because sometimes you won't recognize evil. It goes different directions. It goes different ways. Now, because of this, it can cause you to lie. It'll cause you to cheat. It'll cause you to steal. It's the root of it. But sometimes we don't deal with it correctly because it's my, it's my party. I can spend if I want to. I can, get, I can do this. I can do whatever. Because it's mine. But in all reality... We're being good stewards of what God gave us. Do you believe that? All right, give him a hand. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for awesome. All right. I'll shake your hand, but I ain't giving you this money. All right. So it's very important that you and I understand that this is something that you and I have been given to be an asset manager and not 
a, a person that just squanders whatever is given. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, now we're going to look at the scripture here. We're going to look at a few scriptures. And as we look at the scriptures, this is what's really going to help us uh, deal with this here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or plenty in want. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. Now, it's funny that a lot of people use that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who, who gives me something to be a good steward of. See, a lot of people just think, I can do all things. You can, but you need to be given something first. And it's very important that you and I understand when we're dealing with finances and even the scripture that's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it has to do with having plenty and having nothing. It has to do with food or being hungry. It has to do with plenty or being content. The, the apostle Paul says, I am content whether I have a lot or whether I have nothing. I'm content, I'm fine with it. See, the problem is a lot of people, they're not fine with it and we don't get fine with it. So because we're not fine with it, we figure out ways to feed ourselves. We figure out ways to feed into whatever it is that has the emptiness and the void. And a lot of times, let's be very honest, you can have the worst day in your life. Somebody walks up to you, gives you $100, you're happy. Right? Let's just be very honest. I'll be very honest. If somebody came out, hey, all right, praise the Lord. It's almost like, no, no, my, my tire can go out. I can get a flat and go, I can pay for it. You know what I mean? It's just, you have, it's, it's, money gives you that feeling. But Paul, understanding this, knowing that even though you go through trials, listen, there's only one thing that can satisfy you, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, therefore, I am content. Somebody say content. Somebody say content. Now the thing I love about this is that Paul says, I have learned to be content. The word content is mentioned seven times in the scriptures and six times it has to do with money. Six times out of the seven it has to do with money. And Paul himself says, I learned this thing. In other words, he wasn't born with being content. He had to learn it. It didn't come right away. It didn't come going, I got saved. I'm good now. No, it means I got saved. Where do, what do I have to do in order to strive and get after this goodness? I'm learning this thing. I don't have it down right away. And let's be very honest. Even many of you, you come into church and you come in with even those, the four-letter word that we don't like to say. It's like a cuss word in our house. Don't say that word. That's a bad word. It's, it's probably worse than any other a profane word that you've ever heard before in your life. But that word debt, oh my gosh. Don't say that word. It's a bad word. If you get a phone call and it looks it look on your caller ID and you saw a debt collector, how many of you would answer it? Very few. Maybe some of you might. Some of you are like, I can do, all right, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you will be like, I ain't getting no strength right now. I ain't answering nothing. <laughs> but Paul said this. He said, I've learned how to deal with this. I've learned that I'm not perfect, so I'm not going to let it deal with me. Because if I let it deal with me, I get stressed out. If I let it deal with me, 
I feel void. I feel empty. If I let it deal with me, I get depressed. If I let it deal with me, I start looking at everybody, and then, you know, every little thing gets on my nerves. Oh, that person's on my nerves. Oh, man, I don't want to talk. Because, let's be honest, there's probably certain people in your life that you don't even talk to because it has to do with money. Some of you probably, even in your family, you have family members that you don't talk to over because money, this thing, man, it's, money's like all or nothing, is it not? Money's like all, it, it can't, money cannot just have like a little bit. Like I've never known anything or anyone to just, when it comes to money, ah, no big deal. Ah, who cares? $1,000, nothing. Now, even though maybe contrary, contrary to popular belief, a lot of people think, well, millionaires, they don't really care about money. Actually, many of them, they do. And if they don't, they wind up being bankrupt. They care about money more than you think. You know, oh, they could just, they can throw away $10,000 because a lot of times we look at millionaires and we go, man, if I could just get $10,000 of their money, if I could just get that, well, the honest to God truth is first, you must deal with $10, then you can deal with 10000 10, That's the first, first things first. Learning how to be content. Look at your neighbor and say content. And looking at this here in the scripture, there's three there's a three-part secret that I see here with Paul in, in understanding this. And just real quickly, I want to give it to you, and then we're going to get into something else. This is just a little secret in knowing what it is to being content. Number one is knowing, knowing what God requires of us in handling money and possessions. Number two is doing, doing what it is required of us. And number three is trusting, trusting God to provide exactly what he knows best. When it comes to being content, you got to know, you have to do something, and you must be able to also trust God. See, but when it comes to having action, after that action, you must trust that what you did, God will do his promise. God will do what he said he's going to do. Because I don't know about you, but I know with me, if I give my money to the bank and the bank walks away and says, hey, I'm taking your money, I don't trust them anymore. I just don't. But see, the first realization is, is that, number one, it's not your money. It's God's money. So you, he's entrusting you. you got to trust him back. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-way thing. Yeah. I, I don't know any marriage that lasts a very long time if they don't trust each other. There has to be a trust between one another. And I want to tell you something here this morning. It's the same way when it comes to Christ to us. He's entrusting you. Let's trust him. It's a back and forth trust. Matter of fact, even the bank calls it a what kind of fund? Trust fund. Even the bankers tell you that you got to learn how to trust. Even bankers tell you that. See, we don't want to deal with it. No, 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 no big deal. No, but even financial advisors will tell you, no, trust and this. If you, matter of fact, if you go into terminology of, uh, terminologies of bank, much of the terms have to do a lot with scripture. A lot of them have to do with scripture, but I'm not going to get into that. We're going to get into something else right now. But just really quickly, I just want to give you really fast, when it comes to the finances, when it comes to money, these three, the three levels of when it comes to giving. Now, before I even uh, get into that really quickly, I was uh, listening to a, a, a doctor when it comes to finances. Uh, he had just gotten saved. He just gotten saved, but he's learning. He was learning the, the you know, the faith of, of Christianity. But he was a uh, he had a he was a doctor when it comes to finances. He worked at a law firm, and he was explaining all this stuff about. There's only three things you could do with your money. 
And remember, he just got saved. There's only three things you could do with your money. Number one is spend it. Number two is save it. And number three, can anybody tell you number three? Give it away. There's only three three things you can do with money. That's it. You're either going to spend it, and spending it most of the time has to do with either on yourself or someone directly to you, Um, you know. Two, save it. Just put it away. Don't look at it. It'll earn interest, and we'll work it from there, and when a rainy day comes, I'll take it. And number three is just no attachments. Give it away. Now, the great thing I love about Christ is that he started on number three. Gave it away. I give it to you. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. You can have him. He's yours. He is your debt. Your debt has been paid. Okay, I don't want to get into that yet. But the first one, level number one, the first level is just the obligation. Tell, tell the person next to you, say, let's deal with it. Deal with it. This is the base fundamental of giving. This is just the, the fundamental of when it comes to giving. It's an ob- obligation. Now, I don't know about you, but when I walk into Costco, as you walk in, right away, the first thing they ask you for is what? Can I see your card? Because in order to walk in, in order to get in, in order to be a part of what's inside, you must show me. That's your, like, I don't care what you buy. I don't care what you do after, whatever you do after this door is fine. You can do whatever you want. You can go all the way to the back and go to the front. You can just stand right there for all you want. I don't care what you do. But in order to walk in here, because the obligation that Costco tells you is right away, show me your card. Show me your card. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24, David says this. He says, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God birth offerings that cost me nothing. David understood, listen, this is my obligation. I have to give this. I cannot give to God what is not. No, 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 no. This is just my obligation. I'm just doing this uh, off the, this is right off the top. Somebody say off the top. David understood this, that off the top, I'm giving it. No, no, no questions asked. Matter of fact, I'm not going to give to God what costs me nothing. Like, no, I, I, I worked hard for this because God gave it to me. I managed this very good. I worked hard for what was given to me. And so the obligation, this is the, this is the tie. This is just the, it's the off the top. This is the ties and the offerings. This is just the, the obligation, just saying, okay, I just, this is the starting point. Matter of fact, 10% is just the starting point. I know a lot of people that have gone along with me, they don't just give 10%, they give 15%. They give 20%, they give 30%. I, there's actually some people, I learned a story a long time ago about J.C. Penny. J.C. Penny, do you know that he was a, a tither? A tither. Wasn't a Christ follower, made it very clear, I'm not a Christian, he just said, I believe in the principle of tithing. I just believe in it. There's a lot of business people that I know of, that I know of even personally in some stories that I've read, of people, they're not Christians, they're not of the faith, and they make it very clear, I'm not a Christian, I just believe in the principle. And they just get off the top, I just off the top. It's just a, the obligation, it's just a, and it's just the first level, just the first level. When you read even many times within the, uh, the Bible, there were many uh, men that gave of their first fruits, and all of them were very 
blessed. The second level, really quickly, I just want to go real fast. The second level is generosity. Somebody say generosity. Matthew chapter 28, verse 17 says this. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Somebody say go. Somebody say go. Now the Bible here says all authority. I've shared this before about the authority. Now the thing about this here in this scripture that really gets me is that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 is that even though he gave authority, if you read it there, the Bible says that even some doubted. There were people that didn't believe that what was about to happen was going to happen. There's just no way. This, this just can't happen. I don't, you know, I don't believe you. I don't believe that. It's just doubt. But nevertheless, Christ himself said, look, everything that's been given to me, I'm going to give it to you. Even though you doubt. Even though you may not believe this thing, I'm still going to give it to you if you operate in it. If you operate in it, you can have it. See, and that's where you get the principle from these businessmen, that they understand this. Matter of fact, there's a man, he's a Christian, he loves the Lord, and I believe he's on, um, I want to say MSNBC or CNBC, something like that. He does uh, an hour of, uh, of talking about money, finances. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name is uh, Dr. Dave Ramsey. Anybody ever heard of him before? Dr. Dave Ramsey. Well, he's on there. He's a, I mean, loves the Lord. He's a matter of fact, he's a preacher, but he has his own show. I, I watched it the other day, you know, it has the scrolling on the bottom. It has all those things that I have no idea what in the world that is. The stock exchange, and right? You, is anybody like me? You watch that thing and you go, man, I wish I knew what they were talking about. Change the channel, like, right? I have no idea what they're saying. Am I the only one like that? Is anybody else like that too? Everybody else? But you probably watch it and you want to understand it, right? Oh, I'm like, okay, I have no idea what he's saying. Uh, yeah. But even as you, as I begin to watch that and as you begin to understand this level, a lot of businessmen understand this principle. It's crazy that even Jesus as a 12-year-old said, I'm about my father's business. He put himself as a 12-year-old businessman right away. He said, look, we're going to be about this business. And this level of generosity helps in this business. See, all authority has been given and all authority can still be received. It's been given to us. Now, I shared this before. If I go into a, an electronic store and I buy the TV, it's mine. I purchased it. Here's $640. It's mine. Give me that TV. And if I walk outside and I drop it on the floor and I break it, now, let's be honest. Many of us, we'd be mad, right? Like, why would you do? But the thing is, guess what? My TV. I can do what I want with it. Now, you can be as mad as you want. You can be upset as you want. I don't care. It's my TV, and I can cry if I want to. No. Because it's mine. If it's my TV, I can do what I want. Christ said, it's my authority, and I can give it to who I want, to whoever I want. Well, he's not a Christian. So what? My principles work with whoever wants to operate in it. Whoever wants to walk in this, you can have that authority because I can do what I want. See, a lot of times we try to think that Christ works in this way when in all reality, when you actually read a lot of the scriptures, Christ works however he wants. 
He saves whoever he wants. He talks to whoever he wants. He talks to lame people. He talks to people with leprosy. I mean, Christ was doing some crazy off-the-hook things. He was talking to tax collectors. He was talking to sinners. He was saving people who should not be saved. He sees people's up in trees, and he's like, come down. Okay, you got salvation. His salvation had to do with money, by the way. Because right away he goes, oh, I'm going to give my money away. He goes, all right, you get, you're saved. You know, because Christ can do whatever he wants. Because it's his. It's his authority. And if you walk and you understand this authority, you will understand this. Now, the, Proverbs, the, the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 2, says this. It says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Or some of your translations say, the city rejoices. Somebody say, rejoice. When the righteous are in authority. Now, if you've been here before, you know that I've taught this before. That the word righteous... In the Hebrew means Sadak. Somebody say Sadak. Somebody say Sadak. Now also there's a word that is very similar to it. It sounds just like it. It's not the exact same word, but it sounds just like it. The word in Hebrew is Sadaka. Somebody say Sadaka. Now somebody say Sadak. Somebody say Sadaka. Now the word righteous means Sadak. The word generous is sadakah. Because in the kingdom of God, it is impossible to be righteous and greedy at the same time. If you are going to be a righteous person, a righteous person is a generous person. Psalms chapter 37 verse 25 says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the, the generous people. I've never seen generous people begging. I've never seen giving people begging for bread. I've never seen them forsaken. They are always generous and lend freely. Look at this. Their children will be blessed. See, in church, a lot of times what we do is, we preach righteousness or being a righteous person as things you don't do. Don't go watch that movie. Don't go listening to that music. Don't go talking to that person. Don't go doing that. And so when it comes to church, a lot of times, if we're honest, and that's what even turns a lot of people off. Because they're like, man, I, I can't, don't do this, don't do that. I walk into church and there's a bunch of commandments of don't do. I thought it was ten commandments. All of a sudden I come to church and it's a hundred commandments. Like, what's going on here? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. But in reality, when you actually read the scriptures, it's not about what you're not doing. It's about what you are doing. What are you doing with what has been given to you? Because according to the scriptures here, a righteous person will never be begging. A person who gives, now you're saying, that doesn't make any sense. If you're giving, how are you getting? It's because God will give to you. It's just a matter of, are you being a manager of what he's given to you? And a part of managing is giving, being a generous person. It's called the reciprocated principle. Okay, you do this, and it comes around. You, you always reap what you That's just it. You know, it's funny a lot of times, you know, it's not pertaining to this, within the message of money, but it's funny a lot of times I'll hear a lot of people saying, oh man, people are hating on me. I can almost guarantee you at some time in your life you were probably hating on someone else because it's a biblical principle. You reap what you sow. 
So at one time in your life, you probably sowed hatred on someone else, and now someone's hating on you. That's just that's the way that it is. But it also, it flips around as well. You're blessing people, or excuse me, if you're getting blessed, probably at one time in your life, you bless somebody. I didn't see, man, I just got blessed, probably because at one time in your life, you blessed somebody. You reap what you sow. It's just a principle. And a generous person, listen to me, this is the whole understanding. The third level is sacrificial, but I want to just stay right here, right now, on the generous. The third level is sacrificial, but I'm going to close right here, because it's very, I want to raise up a church that understands what it is to be generous, to be givers. Now, this is very important because I understand who I'm talking to. I understand this thing. Matter of fact, just, can you put it on the screen? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And this is very important. We're going to begin reading right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. That we understand this. There are 2,106 verses in the Bible that connect righteousness with generosity and greed with wickedness. That is more than faith, heaven, hell, and prayer combined. 2,106 verses that have to do with if you're a generous person, you're a righteous person. If you're a greedy person, you're a wicked person. Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Can we read it all together? I really like this right here. Okay. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Go to the next verse. Let's just keep going. Verse 7. I, I, I want to read a few here. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a... And if you've been in our church, you understand it. You know that a cheerful giver is a... Prepared giver, right? Okay, go to the next verse, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Go to the next one. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Go to the next one. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. One more verse. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Some verses are just self-explanatory, are they not? Now, this is very important to me. It's very important to me. And I've shared this before about how since I was a young man, I was always taught, whatever you got, be a giver, 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 be a giver. Now, some of you, maybe uh, you were taught, be a taker, 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 be a taker. And so every once in a while, it becomes when you see certain things, I'm going to take it because I don't want to lose it. Don't lose this thing. Put it away. Put it away. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Put it away. Put it away. Put the game on pause. But before you pause it, save it. Save it. Save it. Like everything was, save it. Save it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. But actually, in all reality, the kingdom of God says, if you lose yourself, you will find it. You'll find life when you lose. See, a lot of times we think we've been taught, save it, keep it, don't give it away. It's yours. You've earned it. 
But the first principle of giving, we need to learn one thing. It's already first been given to you. That's the first thing. Then as we understand, okay, we understand, that, okay, I'm an asset manager. I got to manage this thing. I must get this. And so as we read the scriptures, the Bible says, if you are generous, I will give to you so that you can be a generous person to others. And if you do that, in turn, you will be rich. Because I want to make sure that you're blessed so that you can bless others. And let's be very honest. As a church, that's what we are called to do. We're called to be a blessing to this community. We're called to be a blessing to all those around. And it's very important that we understand that within the scriptures, the Bible talks, it, talks about it a whole lot. I say this because of this. I'm not even talking about financial giving within the church. I'm talking about being a person. Matter of fact, when you, science calls us human beings. It doesn't call us human doings. I do this, therefore I'm human. No, you're a human being. That's just who you are. You're just human. You're not a monkey. You're not a parrot. You know, even sometimes we act like monkeys. We gossip like parrots. You're not one. Because the reality of it is, you are a human being. It's who you are. As Christians, we should be righteous people. We should, be, we, are, we should be righteous. And if we are righteous, it's a part of who we are to be a giver. It's just generous giving. It's just who I am. That's why many of you probably when you leave the restaurant and you see somebody in need, doesn't your heart like, I want to help. You know why? Because that's the righteousness coming up. That's that righteousness. Not the self-righteousness of, yeah, I ate more than you. I'm better than you. I got better clothes. That's self-righteousness. No, I'm talking about righteousness that begins to swell up when you see something and you see someone in need, the generous part of you comes up. And the generous part of you, all of a sudden, it just finds its way to your hand, and your hand to your pocket, your pocket to your wallet, finance, boom, hey, here you go. Whether, and I know many of you do that. I know a lot of people here in this church. You see people in need, and you, because maybe at one time, you in your life, you were just like, I was down and out, I was hurting. And so right away, the thankfulness, that's what the scripture says, because they will give thanks to God. The thankfulness comes come up. Oh, here you go. My prayer is that we, I want to raise up a generous church. A church that is a giving church. Not a, a suck the life out of your church. And whenever you come, ah, man, they're going to suck the life out of me. I'm just going to, oh, man. Wouldn't, doesn't that drain you when you go to certain people's houses and you go, oh, man, I need to be prayed up on this one. Because I'm going to get the life sucked out of me on this one. Ah. Gosh. Now, if you have an anger issue, listen to my message last week. Amen? You need to see that one. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> but I'm talking when it comes to even the finances. And a lot of times when it comes to money, people right away just, ooh, you cringe. Even at the word money, you're like, ooh, it's cringing. Even the word give, it's cringing. It's a principle of God that works. It's the law, it just, it's somewhere, it's like breathing. It just works. You could say, I don't believe in oxygen. Okay, well then stop breathing and we'll see if you believe in oxygen or not. I don't believe it. And your belief made you dead. There you go. It's just, it's what God created. Just like he created the oxygen. Just like he created the water. Just like our body is made up of, it's, that's the way it was created. 
Righteousness was created for generous, and you and I were made to be righteous in his sight. We were created to be, that's just it. We were created like that. And it works in all who take the authority of Christ. So even for those of you, you ever wonder like, man, how is, how is that person blessed? Why are they blessed? Maybe they're doing something behind closed doors. When they, give it, they, they may be a horrible person. They may be horrible. And I don't like that person. But for some reason, why are they always blessed? I don't know. It just happens to those who take this in authority. It just works like that. I know a lot of people, I'll be very honest, they're horrible to be around. I'm like, dude, you need more than, I don't even know if Jesus can help you. <laughs> That's cold, huh? That's cold. <laughs> be honest, some of you think like that. Don't be looking at me like, I don't think like that. Liar. <laughs> but for some reason, it just, maybe they're doing something that you don't see, that we don't see. I don't know. It just, they work this principle that just, it works. It just does. I can't fully explain it to you. I could try my best to, you know, share it with you. The Bible talks about it, over 2,000 verses that have to do with greed and wickedness and generosity and righteousness and money. Christ talked about money more than anything. Matter of fact, just to make sure that people understood that where he stood on money, he got a disciple who was a tax collector. Might as well. We're going to talk about money. I'm going to get a tax collector. He's going to be on my team. And he's going to walk everywhere that I walk so that when we talk about money. Uh, matter of fact, when Christ's life was given up, guess what it was given up for? Money. 30 pieces of silver. Everything has to do with money. Like money's somewhere in there. It's in there. Like no matter what, you got to deal with it. So might as well just deal with it in the right way. You can't get around it. You go home, you got to pay your mortgage. You got to pay rent. You got to put gas in the car. You're like, money, it's everywhere. So rather than let it deal with you, you deal with it. You deal with it. Say, okay, well, let's deal with this thing. Let's talk about this thing. Let's, okay, that, that four-letter word debt, all right, we're going to beat it with another word. We're going to call it a budget, and we're going to budget this thing. I'm going to be a generous person. I'm going to learn how to be a giver. I'm going to do this. I know only I got five bucks, but hey, I'm learning what 50 cents does. All right, 50 cents could do more than rap. Praise the Lord. We're going to do this. A tithe. Let's give this thing. And so we begin to understand what it is to be a giver, a generous person, and then also goes to the third level, sacrificial level. And that's the level where, you know, that's a, a whole different level. We talked about, we use it a lot with the woman that came and she gave two mites. That's that sacrificial level giving. But I believe first, I want to focus on this one, the generosity level. That you and I would not want to be self-righteous. I'm better than her. I'm better than him. I got this. I got. You know what my prayer is? And I'll conclude right here. You can come to the piano. You know what my, my prayer is? Is that I'm going to drive up one day and I want to see all these new cars. I see new cars. I see people come in with nice. And I'm just talking, not, not just new, like, yeah, I got it. It's like 40 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, you got to call it that. It's, yeah, it's a classic with... I know it's got triple paint job, but it's a classic, you know. <laughs> but I mean, when people, when you drive up, you're going to drive up feeling blessed. You're going to drive up feeling like, yeah, I managed God's money right. Not sneaking into the parking lot, not telling them, like, oh, okay, put it in the park. I don't want to tell anybody how I got that car. <laughs> But that we would be a people that say, no, when you see me or I drive up, oh, I, I want you to see that I manage God's finances as best as I can. I'm not perfect, 
But this is just the blessings of what God gives me. That, that's it. That's all it is. When you see, like, when we put marriages up here, we don't put marriages and say, ha, see, this is a great marriage. This is horrible. We say, no, this is good. Look at, if you only knew the things that they went through. Like, if you only knew. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to the car and the house. Man, if you only knew with, oh, what it took to get that car. If you only knew. See, when you understand that, you reap what you sow. I've been sowing. I've been giving. And listen, I want to say this. Many of you, I know you are faithful givers. Faithful. Faithful givers. As your pastor, I want to say, God is going to bless you. It's according to his word. I'm not telling you anything of me. This is what the Bible says. I'm giving you the biblical principles. It's a biblical principle. He said it. He's going to give it to you. And I know some of you have been like, well, I've just, I've been giving, I've been giving. Also, another thing I didn't really talk about is even your attitude. It's the attitude, too, but that's a whole other message. But I want you to know this. Listen, when it comes to the giving and when it comes to being a generous person, let's not be a, a people when they go, oh, they go to Victory Outreach. All they do is take. Oh, I know that church. All they do is they just expect. They just want. Actually, our church is supposed to be, what can we do for you? What can we do for you? And then when people go, oh, my gosh. I make more money than they do. And they're giving to me? Yeah, exactly. I got a better house than she does. I got a, I got a bigger car than I got more cars than them. They want to give to me? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what we want to do. We want to give to those who are in need. And right now we can tell that you have a hole in your heart that you're trying to fill with a car. You're trying to buy five cars thinking five cars is going to fill you. You're trying to buy two, three houses thinking houses is going to fill you. You think by, by, by doing all this stuff, it's going to fill you. Buying all the little gadgets, all the little things, all the latest things, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with all, you think it's going to fill you. But really, in all reality, we want to fill that void, and there's only one person who can fill that void, and that's Jesus Christ. Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, what has been given to me, what the man upstairs gave to me, I need to give to us downstairs, down here. Let me give it to you. For those of you theologians, okay, he's not the man upstairs. He's right here. Praise the Lord. Just want to make sure I get that clear. He's right here. But listen, I want to raise up a church as a generous people, a giving people. Now, I'm even talking to those of you that you're thinking in the other term. You're saying, yes, somebody's going to give to me. No, I'm talking to you. Not about you. Talking to you. Learn to be a giver. Well, I don't have much. I didn't say that. I didn't say it. Well, I don't know. I'm barely being. You need to learn now. Learn it now. I only got 50 cents. Okay. Get a nickel. You got to learn now. I'm telling you. This principle works. It's been working for over 2,000. You could try to change it all you want, but it's working. Matter of fact, it's been working beyond that. Even before Christ came into the picture, Noah, Moses, Abraham, they understood, I got to give to God. I just, I got to give it. It's the, 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 how much do I give? They give it, okay, I'm going to give the perfect lamb. Here goes sacrifice. First fruits, all right, here's my first fruits. They didn't even know what's called a tithe. They just said, here's first fruits. Here you go. I got to, I have to give. 
I cannot be a person that lives my life just sucking the life out of people. I cannot be a person that lives my life just always taking. I cannot be a person that just lives my life that wherever I come around, people are always thinking, man, I'm going to take from people. I'm going to take, but I want to live a life of purpose. I want to live a life of peace. I want to live a life of joy. I want to live a life of meaning. I want to live a life where people see me, they go, man, when he comes around, when she comes around, they're a giving person. Maybe they may not give me money, but man, they give me joy when they're around. They give me peace when they're around. They give me uh, an encouragement when they're around. Why? Because, man, they're just a generous person. They're just a giving person. Just whenever they're around, they're giving, and they're a giver. They, man, sometimes all you can give me is a smile. Hey, I'll take that. I'll take whatever you can give me because, man, I'm hurting. And when I see you, I know I'm going to get something. You're a giving person. Just a giving. And maybe some of you, you can't afford money to give, but you can give a smile. You can give a hug. You can give a handshake. Just be a giver. Be generous. Eventually, God will put something in that hand to give to people. Because first, he's going to give to you in your hand so he can give to you. He's going to give you something. But be a good steward. Be a person that says, hey, I'm not going to let money deal with me. I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to handle it the right way. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Listen, I believe that we're going to have people that are going to be driving up and do cars and get new houses and get these things, get great things. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. I cannot wait to pray over your brand new house. Pray over your brand new car. Some of you are going to be having children. Pray over your children. Dedicate your children here. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But I don't want you to get into it without knowing these principles that God has given us and you go into it stressed out, getting yourself into more debt, saying, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do this. It's not going to happen. I, I want to be a person who gives. I want to be a person who understands this principle. The next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about family. We're going to be talking about lust. Right now, today, we're talking about finances, talking about money. We're going to deal with this. Look, you need to know something here this morning. You're not a second-class citizen. You're not a second-class citizen. I know the people told you, you're from the hood. You're always going to be hood. You're always going to be ghetto. You're always, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm telling you. You're not going to climb your way out of that. I want you to give your way out of that. Say, no, 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 watch. Everyone else is a taker around me. I'm going to be a giver. I don't have finances, but I can cook. I'm going to make meals, and I'm just going to go bless people in my neighborhood. Watch, watch. See the light of Christ in me. Be a giver. Of course, I give my tithes. I give my offerings. That's off the top. It's off the top. Off the top, my tithes and offerings. That's off the top. Now, for those of you that you're still on the off the top, I want to challenge you. Try it. It works. It's your faith. It's a part of your faith. It's connected. Your treasure and your heart are connected. The finances, the money, it's, it's connected. With every eye bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for those of you that say, you know what? I want to get into this level of being a generous giver. Giving freely. Lending freely. Not holding on to it. I don't want to be a person that holds onto this thing because eventually it's going to have a hold on me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is kind of a different altar call. I'm just going to have a few of you stand.
I want to pray for those of you that say, you know what, I want to be, I need to be, I desire to be a generous person, and I'm not. If you already are, then wait for the second altar call. This is the first altar call. You say, you know what, I'm not a generous person, and I know I'm not. I want to be. I want to be a generous person. I want to be a giver. I want to be somebody that helps people in need. I, I want to be a righteous person. And if that's you, and you say, you know what, I want to get to this level of generosity, a generous person, a giving person that just doesn't give the minimum, but goes above and beyond. If that is you, and you say, you know what, I want to be a generous man, a generous woman, I want you to just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet right now. It may not be for a lot, it might be for a few, but if you say, you know what, I want to be a generous person. I want to be a person that when I walk in, there's a generous generosity about me. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Come on, just stand to your feet. It's, it's okay. Say, I'm going to be a generous person. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? You say, you know what, I want to be a generous person. I want to walk in this level. I want to live at this level. I want to be able to be a generous person within my life. At this level here is something within who I am. It's a being, not what I do. It's a state of being. With every bowed and every eye closed, and you say, you know what? That's me. That's me. Just stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that are standing, just remain standing. Bow your heads with me. I want to pray over you. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name.